time did not buy them this year. I, these have been in my drawer, and I've just been not doing. I've just just held them. Okay. I'm not. Yeah, I don't want to open don't, them. Holy! Yeah, I, would, I would hold on to that. You're man. holding. Are you holding? holding. Don't open. Hold hold <laughs> Keep holding. To the moon. Those are legit. To the moon, to the moon with that one. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Emergent Gamer Podcast, episode 294. I'm one of your hosts, Neo Aoshi, joined by some cool dudes. Got Trip Zero. What's up, everybody? It's Trip Zero. We got Felix Hergood. Felix Hergood here. Hey. And today we have a special guest, El Platino Loco. Hey. How's it going, guys? <laughs> El Platino Loco here. Go I had to think about the it. Emerging gamers. What's up, man? Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing, man? Thanks for being here, man. Great, man. Um, a lot to talk about today. I'm really excited. Um, a couple of projects I want to go over when we get the chance. Um, as far as like what I'm doing with gaming and also my little shop that I set up because I'm into Pokemon, like I mentioned. So, uh, hopefully, we get some time for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. absolutely. absolutely. Definitely. It's uh, it's it's you. You're gonna have it's the show's about you essentially. Besides the rest of our bullshit. But yeah, welcome. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. It's going to be a good time. Right. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Emergent Gamer Podcast. You can find us on all of your podcast services of your choosing. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe over there. Rate us five stars. Tell your mom. Tell your friends. Uh, get on out there um, and show us some love. Follow us on Twitter, too. Yeah, why not? Do, do all those things. All of those things are great. Um, let's get started. Trip. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Well, as you guys know, finished the 100% run of Stardew Valley. She was intense. Beautiful. A lot of fun. Um, I've been doing Destiny 2 maintenance, of course, still. We're prepping for the next season. We got Vault of Glass coming back from Destiny 1. Getting the team together to run that raid day one and compete like we always do. Um, but the real, the real gaming content on Twitch.tv slash TV is Disney's 102 Dalmatians, Puppies to the Rescue. Yeah. The game came out in November of 2000, and uh, I've completed this game and have since uh, officially joined the speedrunning community for this game. Shut up. You're, you're going back in? Going back in. I joined the Discord. Uh, I got a bunch of the guides, set up things. Wait, to, there's uh, a have Discord for this game specifically? Discord. And you know what's really funny about the Discord? I found it on speedrun.com as I was finding guides and things to follow and like how to set up like the splits, you know, and like live split and everything on your screen. So you can like track your times and stuff. Join the discord and like, you know, I pop in there. I don't really like make a big deal, but like someone says hello. Then I start like, hey, like, hey, like, what's up? I started playing the game. Everyone's like saying hello. They're all being super nice. Someone goes, oh, yeah, I saw you playing this the other night. And I was like, I just joined this like an hour ago. What do you mean? They have a streams channel where there is a bot that goes through Twitch and posts people that are playing the game, regardless of whether they're in the Discord or not. Oh, my God. And I was like, holy shit, man. That's kind of wild. They were like, yeah, I saw you playing that game the other night. And I was like, how? It was this magical bot that just cherry picks. And it's like, this person's playing. I mean, playing. that's cool. Watch this person. This person's playing. Watch this, you know? 
trip i got i gotta be honest with you i'm mostly shocked that there is like a community around this game of speedrunning yes. this game yes i know I mean, people another, speed run another, everything another broadcaster came into my stream uh was it monday it was either monday or last thursday um uh her name is Wade lady she plays a lot of uh, subnautica um she came in and was like yeah i follow this channel on Twitch, so I get alerted when people stream. I grew up with this game. I love this game, so I just have it ping me when anyone is playing it. Like this game is the perfect crossover of like uh, super niche, but like like super niche with people that are interested in it to like have all of these like wires crisscrossing for alerts. Like you could never do this with Destiny Two or like no. Overwatch or Smash Brothers or Hearthstone or League. Imagine how many people go live playing that stuff. It wouldn't make any sense, you know. This is oh, a very have... specific case. Exactly. Very, very yeah. specific communities here. So, uh, so I went right back in, and I'm trying to learn the levels for a 100% run. There's obviously 100% in the game. Then there is just, like, uh, get all the way to the end as fast as possible glitch-based run. Um, I've started to work on the 100%, but I might go for the glitch just for fun as well to learn that, to learn the speeds. They're very different feels, obviously. Um, and there's like 17 levels, including four different boss fights with Cruella DeVille. And in each level, you've got to find 100, bu- 100 puppy bones, and you've got to find six puppies that are buried. in the, Not buried, uh, trapped in boxes somewhere in the level. And you've got to free your puppy friends. I'm just thinking about I'm just thinking about the idea of a multi-phase boss fight with Cruella DeVille as in this game. <laughs> like there like is. a Destiny boss fight where like the, the, the monster changes, right? Like... There are well developed changes. Neil, you were in one of my streams. I was in the Big Ben level. I was. The clock tower. And, I uh, and, yeah, was and I was commenting on how amazing this game communicated mechanics to someone who might be new, like a kid playing this game, right? But how that like, could translate to people that maybe don't have a game developed skill, like someone who's older or someone getting into the stuff kind of later on in life. It'd be a great training game for that perspective. Dude, I mean, on that note a lot of earlier games are really good at teaching you how to play 3d style games yeah they had that's because i mean well we we were used to it now but we grew up learning on those early platforms and they're kind of like the baby steps that you well, know that we took back and what the was the to get first to where we are now what was the first 3d mario game on what was it on uh, n64? Mario, 64. mario yeah mario 64 yeah mario 64 would have been the my first 3d game other than the kind of crash, attempts crash bandicoot no i never played that the other, one, the other, other other than the attempts by um nintendo to 3d 2d with star fox right right star mm-hmm. fox would have been like but that felt that was more like 2d with like 3d yeah the, the basic premise of star fox 64 was still the same as the 2d version where you're going forward and zipping up and down and sideways on a map except they had a couple all range mode levels, but that's that's semantics. For the most part, you're right, Felix. It's the same experience, flat 2D, just with better three dimensional graphics as you zipped around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but uh, cool. to your point, Neo, there was a, a multi phase final boss fight with Cruella Deville. That's wild. Where you wow. had to like work with different mechanics and learn as you went, and I learned as I went, and I was applying my knowledge. It was great. Well, it was, it was they, one of the phases. Her well. trying to run over your dog with the car. 
No, not in these boss fights. But uh, she <laughs> was trying to. That would have uh, been fucked up, man. Yeah, there. She had a couple cannons in some in some phases. The final fight was a laser cannon, and I had to have my oh. own laser cannon. No, I'm sorry. She was shooting. Uh, she was shooting glue, like industrial strength toy glue that would have trapped you in it. You had to avoid that, and you had to get to a laser cannon and destroy her platform. But every time you you knocked a screw off the platform, some new mechanic to the fight joined in and you had to start avoiding multiple mechanics to work at the next uh the next screw pieces it was a it was a fun tough fight to learn but we yeah, got were you playing were you playing on the emulator or were you playing yeah. on the uh, original yep uh emulated version on the computer nice uh, it's it's actually it's it's a little bit tough to set up because the game is an old windows 95 game and they do not play nice with current technology in terms of like uh, going into a windowed mode easily. So when I was first launching this game, it would like it would maximize itself full screen, fuck up all my window placements because like <laughs> it's redoing what what Windows wants to do, right? This is like a now this is now a screen by itself. You can't alt tab out of it. You can't alt F4 out of it. That shit didn't like exist. You know? So like I was just locked into this experience. Uh, I have to use software called uh dxwnd like just literally just a bunch of letters but essentially this this software will let you run programs in a little it's almost like a virtual it's, box without a needing a virtual screen box. environment yeah right? you like could you run the game in there and then you give it the ability to like resize stretch the game um obviously it needs a much more powerful system which we have now compared to the original right. games but um yeah there's a lot of setup but it's fun and now uh now we're living in the in the 102 Dalmatian speedrun world for fun. So that's crazy. That's funny. This is the funniest. This is the funniest thing of 2021. I so would far. have never. I would have never guessed. I definitely played the game at first as a meme, but was just like amazed at how good it was. That's 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 quite the uh, rabbit hole to fall down. Damn. If you can find this game out there, chat listeners, whoever is here, <laughs> please please do it for yourself. If you enjoy like any kind of 3d platformers or like a retro nostalgia experience. Like the game is incredible. The voice work is incredible. The cutscenes are well animated. Frankie Muniz voice of the main puppy. Like they got an all star cast and has no recollection that he did that. I just learned about that the other night. Did you hear about that? Mm-hmm. I had God. no idea. And someone in my chat was telling me that he had multiple concussions, mm-hmm. uh, a stroke as well. Oh. Just like he barely remembers Malcolm in the Middle. It's crazy. Yeah, right? You know why, right? I don't know why. He was a race car driver. Oh he, yeah, I did not know that. He was racing a shit oh, ton yeah. of circuits. That's what it was, and he's gotten in a lot of like bad wrecks and shit. The Frankie Muniz lore keeps growing mm-hmm. by the day. That's what I. I hope he's doing uh, all right. right but, now. Watch, we just discover that that's just an urban legend. You know how people like learn something about somebody, and then they like create this narrative surrounding. Yeah that person's existence to like explain why the person just has a lot of concussions. Like the race car thing is just completely made up. It's like made up. I don't, I don't yeah. even know if it's real, but I think that's what if, it is. I've heard race cars tied into this. So you're, if, if it's a rumor, you're not the only one who believes that rumor. I believe there's something. I think to that. he was trying to race a bunch of like minor circuits and like, you know, no, got, gotten that. some bad fucked up, uh, wrecks okay. and shit. Yeah. All right. There's, there's some, there's some truth to this. Anyway, Speed that's racer. uh Disney hunt. Check it out. Felix, what are you up to? Oh, me. Uh, this is going to be real brief, um, but this kind of ties to uh, our guest Los here. Um, I uh, got, first off, 
they just released the giant patch. I can't even remember specifically what, what this is, but it's the locked and loaded patch for Fallout 76. That's why I'm wearing the shirt. I'm back into the game. I'm excited about it. But what sucks, what sucks for me is I also, right before that came out, for, I completely forgot about Fallout 76. Forgot it was even coming. I knew it was coming in April, like in the mid-March. But now we're in mid-April, and I completely fucking zone out and forget. I, I Frankie Moon is that shit. Uh, oh God. Completely. <laughs> make this a thing. I didn't do it. I did it. <laughs> Poor Frankie It was Nunes, just the yeah. one joke. It's the, I'm not going to do it again. Oh, no, it's okay. It just, oh. I hope you got to bring it back at the end. It's rules of Frankie Muniz, man. I hope he gets better. Um, all right. Him and Chris Pronger. But anyway, um, so I completely forgot. And then last week or like before that, got hardcore back into Elder Scrolls Online on the Xbox. And I can't express enough how much I love this MMO. <laughs> you know what's uh, awesome. you know what's interesting, Felix? As yeah. you mentioned, uh, I'm not going to cut you off for for too long. Yeah. I just looked over at who we have uh, broadcasting in terms of friends of ours. Yeah. KJ Lewis right now is literally playing the Elder Scrolls Online. Right, he does. He plays it a lot. I've actually watched his stream a couple of times. I asked him pointers when I was in the early stages of my own character builds. He knows a lot about good builds. I've I've Very gotten cool. to the point where now I'm in champion levels. Um, my current champion level is 168. Um, and I'm just, is there a limit to that? What does that represent? So I don't know off the top of my head because I'm not really that well-versed in it, but I know mm-hmm. that that it's very high. It's much higher than where I okay. am. It might be as high as 600. I'm not really sure. Oh, sure. Oh. Um, those points add very fast. You earn that experience much faster than you do the, the early one through 50 soft levels when mm-hmm. you're building a character. So one through 50 take a long time. But when you get to the champion points, they just keep dropping. And what's right. really cool, I get back into this game, all of my skill points had been re... Uh, re what, what's it called when they take them back and they give them to you again? Um, refunded. Refunded to yeah. me. So they were all refunded to me. And all of my champion points were refunded to me. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is this shit all refunded? I haven't been in the game in a while. Mm-hmm. I get in there. They updated and changed the entire champion point tr- skill trees oh, to be okay. better. Like, So they w- gave you all your points back so you could respect your characters. Dude, with all the new it points. looks so much no. like Path of Exile. Like a oh less, less complicated version of Path of Exile. Wow, interesting. And it's, it's really fun, and it's really um, uh, helpful in you figuring out how to min-max a particular style. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really like about it, because now I know the exact... I had to watch a video to learn this, because it's so not fucking obvious just by looking at it. But right. I figured out from watching this video from a guy called um, Hack the Minotaur. So if anyone out there wants like really extra special... Uh, very specified uh, build YouTube videos. The guy that I was put on by my friend Jay Prince was Hack the Minotaur. It's a great YouTube channel for learning ESO builds. But he did this video about like the new cha- uh, champion point system 2.0 is what they're calling it. And dude, it's crazy. I now know the exact path I want to take to like build my... Th- I'm doing a, a thief warden. Well, my, my class is warden, but I'm doing a, a, a thief... Um, yeah, a thief healer, like, um, solo build, 
what a solo build is. You're not building it for PvP in ESO. You're not building it for uh, high-end dungeons. You're doing it for all the solo content, which is probably 70, uh, to 75 to 80% of the content in ESO is soloable content. Content where you just play alone. You don't even need people for it. Um, mm-hmm. It's all the stories. It's all That's the zone. Nice. It's all the zone DLC. It's all the um, the the guild DLC that you can do. Um, and this is, of course, a lot of this can only be acquired if you're paying for the membership, or you use crowns to buy it. But if you pay for the membership, you get it all. But right. if you stop paying for the membership, so yeah, so I got really hard back into that, and I'm, and now I don't know what to do because like Fallout, Fallout comes back. Bethesda or the world of Bethesda, the Zen- other Zenimax fucking online game. And now it's like they both have dailies. So what am I doing? Am I doing both dailies like Jay Prince in one day? Fuck that. It's the live service dilemma. Right. Live mm-hmm. service do dilemma. I do dailies for both? No, I'm just, I think I'm going to alternate. One, one day I'm going to play Elder Scrolls and enjoy myself, you know, and the next day I'm going to play Fallout. Um, but right now I'm teetering on the edge of thinking that Elder Scrolls is, is much more rich for me, you know, like I, right. I really am obsessed. Trip and, and Neo Trip and maybe even Los Los. Did you play Skyrim? I played Skyrim, yeah. So so now with their DLCs that they released last year in 2020, like they now have mapped Skyrim in the game. So like Whoa. the full, I think almost all of Skyrim is now available in their version, which takes place approximately three. Three or four hundred years before Skyrim actually happened, so you get to see the entire. If you have trained a memory, the entire map of Skyrim, you get to see what it looked like before things happened, when dragons still roamed the earth and that kind of shit. Um, so I really, I really kind of before they were put into those like little mounds. You me- remember the dragons were all in the mounds, yeah, the, the burial, the, the, the yeah, the barrows, yeah. So um, are these? I mean, obviously, this game ties into the, the wider lore of Elder Scrolls. Yeah, it's the whole of Tamriel, the entire so continent. Did they set this at a time where they could essentially like write story and not stomp all over other mainline games in the series? As far as I know, as far as I know, the the game it it didn't retcon con anything. They just right. built upon the lore of the earlier games. What's really really interesting is the new one coming out, Blackrock or Blackwood. Um, I believe what that's doing is that's going, that's stomping back over the Oblivion game. So it's, no. it's, it's, it's okay. letting you revisit. Yeah, because there's a, a part of a Blackwood DLC is going to be called the Gates of Oblivion. So like for all the people who really played Oblivion, this is their way of re-getting Oblivion and seeing the parts of, of Oblivion that, that existed prior. I think it's pro- this yeah. game even takes prior place prior to that i uh oblivion was the first elder scrolls i played i didn't finish it i was like way too young to like i mean there's so dense i mean there's so much shit going on yeah i know that was cyrodiil that was that's the center region was was cyrodiil to the south of skyrim and you can see the tower of cyrodiil from skyrim if you like clip through a certain mountain like they actually like right yeah yeah old tower out beyond like the southern mountaintops it was kind of cool well that's what that there there was that um that um group that was basically they've been creating their own like tamriel off of that mm, c- yeah. content or something like they've been doing it through uh mods basically and mm-hmm. they've been creating yep. that re- trying to recreate all that shit in the engine of uh elder scrolls 5 um but um 
I just think it's really cool to to have all this content and see all these different worlds. Now, if anyone's curious as to because I just helped a friend through this process, if anyone out there is listening to the podcast has an interest in getting into the game now, the smartest thing to do is to make sure when you buy the Black uh, Wood uh, DLC because the way it works is whatever's current is released as what is called a chapter. And chapters cost money every time they come out. Even if you have the membership, the chapter, maybe they do this for Final Fantasy XIV, Neo. I'm not really sure. There they would be like expansions, right? When a new expansion comes out, that costs money. And then eventually there's a time frame when it eventually becomes a part of, if it's been out long enough, it becomes a part of the paid membership. Or does it always be, have, is it always so something you're they have a cycle where they cycle in the older content yeah. to make room for the new content. And right. Pay so for when that. they come out with a new thing, the thing that came out before that gets put into a different category and now becomes a part of the membership. So, but it's uh, God. Yeah. The Elder Scrolls is the only game that really works like that. Okay. Like it is like, yeah. um, like final fantasy 14 uh, still works on an expansion basis where you have so to, own wow, yeah. so like you, you, you can play the game for free up to a certain point. And as of right now, there are two major expansions that are free that changed. They, they used to lump, they lump that stuff into, okay. So like it's a it's a couple of years down the road, but they eventually like kind of backfill that stuff in. But you have to own the third and fourth expansions to play them, even if you subscribe to the game and pay monthly. You have to buy those separately for the big content packs. Well, well honestly, I, when it when it comes to MMOs, this is a really tough thing to do because when you have this many expansions in a game, you end up losing player bases because of their lack of reach into the content. Elder Scrolls sounds like they're doing it a really smart way. They're letting anyone come into it. You want to play the new stuff? Just buy the new stuff. But because it's you know the older expansions aren't new anymore, they're just going to let it let let everyone go free. Right. right? So like what I was going to say is, right good. now, if you can find it out there, if you're, let's say you're brand new to the game entirely, you can buy the whole base game, Blackwood new content, and all the previous chapters for sixty bucks. So you can get them, and they're great. all included. This way, if you have a friend who's been playing, like like me, for instance, I've been playing them in, in the champion levels, I have it all, and I'm paying for the membership, I have access to everything, and I can go anywhere in the world. This way, you'll be able to go anywhere in the world with your friends. The only things you won't have are the extra DLC guilds that you can pay for, which is like the Thieves Guild questline, the Dark Brotherhood questline. That's all extra. That's a part of the membership, yeah. but... That's, that's the good con- stuff, too. Yeah, I mean, that's everyone wants to play in the Dark Brotherhood. Well, fuck you, pay me. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's how the game... And Vampire and Werewolf. You have to pay for those, too. You want to be a Vampire? Fuck you, pay me. Yeah. <laughs> um, they know people want, man. They know. So, so it, it's pretty exciting, exciting times. Um, in that same scenario I just described, if you, were, if you hadn't played the game, maybe you only bought base game back in the day, you got bored of it, didn't play it. If you're coming back... You'd buy the same exact thing, except it would be the upgrade, the Blackwood upgrade that would include all of the previous shit that you missed and then the new Blackwood upgrade. And that's cheaper. I think that's usually like 40 bucks, um, but it includes all the previous shit. So it's great. And no, not a, there's no better time to get into ESO than right now. <laughs> I wish there was and then, really solid you had there. I'll be real quick. Fallout released lo- locked and loaded. And now there's more than one camp slot. I think I mentioned that on a previous show, but <laughs> that's did. cool. Yeah, you did. They were telling us they're getting ready for that. There's literally a ton of stuff in it that w- I was hoping they would fix that they didn't fix. So, yeah, great. Another Ooh. camp slot. I'm excited. That's Fallout. 
As far as the um, uh, Elder Scrolls, are you playing that on console or PC? So I'm playing, I'm primarily a console guy, so I'm playing all of that on Xbox. Both of the games I have on Xbox. You and I, though, we, we kind of toyed with playing Fallout, and I did end up buying Fallout 76 on the PlayStation so I could play with Los. And at one point, him and I were going back and forth, but then he, he got back into his Hearthstone grind and... And I oh, ended up. I, yeah. I, I okay. floated slowly, and this I floated slowly back to fucking uh, uh, playing on the Xbox again. But you know, because I got a crew over there, you know, that's what am I going to do? So cool. What are you going to do? It. That's all I've been doing. Um, I'll be as brief as I can. I want to talk about one game I've been playing and two other games I want to play, and I want to know if you guys have heard of these and what your thoughts are on these. Um. The first game I've been playing was over the weekend. I downloaded The Witness on my PlayStation. Oh, yeah. I hear that's good. I love The Witness so much. I know you do. I know you do. I remember when you were talking about it. Mm-hmm. I played it on PC a little bit, but they gave it for free on PlayStation over the week or, or like in the last month or whatever. Is, I own it on like everything, like even iOS, <laughs> but uh, PS4 was the first place I played it. Yeah. They have it. They upgraded it actually. They gave it a little facelift. You can play it in like upscaled mode or like resolution mode, right? They added that whole that whole jam to it. But as you many of you know, especially Trip, it's a puzzle game where they it's a mist like experience where they throw you on a world and they give you grid puzzles, like little dot and grid puzzles, and they evolve them in like a million ways right like they just they go different directions and then you have to retain all the knowledge from the earlier easier puzzles into the more difficult challenging puzzles to unlock the island's secrets it's it's cool it's what it's gorgeous man i played it on like my living room 4k tv man oh i bet that that looks good yeah that's a good looking game i used to like come home from work and i would i'd go to my room i turn on like my hue lights i'd lay in bed Get like my faux fur, my faux wolf skin fur blanket, just like get right in the zone. Uh, maybe alter my mental state a little bit. Who knows? Uh, and then just like dive into my big TV and just, just solve just, some dot just, puzzles. Just get into that island, man. Because I don't want to step on your your part here, but like it is gorgeous because there's so many different biomes on the island that all look so visually strikingly different and beautiful and just like experiencing mm-hmm. all that is is part of the part of the fun for sure it's it's a good way of dividing up the island and it also divides up because what, what i was playing with one of my one of my friends we were just like sitting and playing this game like oh god for like like almost eight to ten hours we were just like couldn't mm-hmm. stop playing it were you so wait, were you playing with someone like physically on the couch on the couch okay. yeah, yeah. Were you guys were you guys trading for puzzles and lower, like using he, your brain to all right, so cheating together. here. He was playing the game, but we were solving them together. I had okay. I had my iPad, and when we got like stumped on a puzzle, I'd be like, "Okay, let me just take a picture of this puzzle, and I'll kind of just draw along the grid and see if I right. can solve it this way." We used yes. like I was I was like the co-pilot. You know what I mean? I have I have notes. I'm pretty sure I haven't deleted them, but if I go back to like the years of my life that I was playing this game, I have notes on my phone where I've drawn out the grids and I have like different levels of transparency as I was trying out different uh, like paths and orders to like the solutions. So I'm right there with you, man. Like at a certain point you have to write it out. Yes. Nope. Yes. I just changed my picture. Uh, I just lost it. I had, I have a bunch (laughs) of pictures I took. Here we go. Like this, like this. I'm like, okay, am I going to figure this puzzle out? Like this is, this is like what it looks like. I don't know. I'm like, but 
and I was like, okay, is this one? How are we doing on? The- oh shit, there's too much right. lighting. I got too much oh, lighting. Fuck you get the idea. So just so that stop. Picture, just fucking that last stop. picture is interesting. <laughs> uh, the one before that, I think. Uh, these puzzles get so in depth, right? They start out very simple. I'm sorry, I don't want you. You, you go, I don't want to step on your thing. I'm just so excited about this game. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's it's awesome. But uh, I don't know. I wish I had a better way of showing this on. You camera. You play puzzle but- games, there, Los. You play puzzle games. I used to play like back when twenty. What was it? Twenty forty eight was like. Oh, the, the phone game. Yeah, you and did. like I dabble here and there. Um, there was another one. I think it's called uh, Loom. If, if I don't know if I'm butchering that, but um, that was another really good uh, puzzle game that I was getting into. Um, but there's a lot of great mobile puzzle based game because it's a great platform for that because you can like be super tactile with your fingers. Yeah. yeah, just it's a great way to. The witness works great on on iOS and uh, and on iPad. Sure. Puzzle games hurt my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's uh, that's my the, your the, point the, counterpoint. <laughs> the, the best part about the witness is is that it excels at doing the bare minimum of whatever it's trying to teach you. Right, like it literally shows you by puzzle progression how to beat the puzzles. The answers are always in front of you. No matter mm-hmm. no matter what puzzle you're doing, the answer is always there. It's just a matter of finding. Like some puzzles make you use the environment to oh. solve them. It's not just solving like oh the the grid goes this way. It's it's like for example in one in one of them there was like oh I had to line up the vines to line up with the the puzzle itself to solve it and and trace those lines. That that answer was just sitting in the world, right? Like it's. It's all there. Yeah. Um, the, you start by going, like, you just got to take a line from one, the starting point to the ending point. And then as you go, like Neo said, you learn and are taught different ways to get the line to the end while fulfilling different criteria. Like, sometimes you got to, like, go around a different shape before you get to the end, right? Uh, sometimes you need to, like, block off that shape, trace around it, and make sure that it's, like, sealed off from any other shape mm-hmm. before you get to the end. And it gets as complicated as, like, when Neo said, where there are patterns in the environment that you start to notice the cool thing about this game is it makes you feel like you're going crazy a little bit because you start seeing things you see things as you learn how to do these puzzles and you you visually will look at something on the island that you never saw before or that i'm sorry that you saw before but in a new way and you're like oh my god like that's the whole time it was there the whole time time. yeah like it gets so complicated that there are shadows that are cast by trees that are your puzzle solution because of the way the shadow lands on the screen is the way you have to trace your line. It just, it's there are, did you get to the audio puzzle area? No, there's an audio, there's an audio based area. All right. So in back when the game came out, I I did play it. I played the treehouse biome. I remember playing that specifically. I didn't even get to that uh, biome this time. Uh, we did like the sand area. We mm-hmm. did um, the beginning area, the the trees. I know this isn't going to mean anything to anybody who hasn't played mm-hmm. this, but mm-hmm. there's like the pink tree area, right? Yep. Those puzzles. And then there's and, and like we went into the castle. We got to the um, almost like chessboard style puzzles, the physical ones yep. where you have to physically walk the grid. It's cool, man. It's like. I want to I want to beat it now, like almost like it's it's I want to Tell me, tell me this: is there is there a a good present at the end? Um, he wants a spoiler. Yeah, I want to know if it's worth the journey. <laughs> well, I feel the, that way about my, many video games yeah. I play. Oh, there, shit, Neo, you got me. You got me. 
question have about you found, that. have you found any of the um all like your diaries? files yeah yeah the game they're is very, like, yeah it's yeah. a very philosophical game you're gonna find these little like they're almost like podcasts they're just people's like it's like philosophy you just hear someone reading like a philosophy quote somebody quote. one of them one of them quoted That's albert saying. einstein yeah yeah it was cool it's cool it's a very heady I'm, like, game. I'm liking it a lot um the two games that i wanted to ask about were uh this this week the returnal returnal comes out for mm-hmm. ps5 this is a game that looks really cool it's a roguelike experience and it's i don't know if you guys have seen the the trailers to this game it looks awesome it's made by housemark the people who did uh, like rezogun and a lot of these other like indie playstation titles yeah it does it looks really good and the the problem is for me is that it's like 70 bucks mm. and it sounds like it's a smaller type experience that you and like it's a roguelike so you're going to die a lot and that's how they extend kind of the uh experience of the game right um the other game i was looking into getting and this is not an if but a more of a when game uh the near replicant game that just came oh out. yeah that's that's i know you're big into that series and i've seen people playing that yeah i liked autonomy autom- automata a lot mm-hmm. like a lot a lot it was really good and my only memories of the first near game were watching my friend play it and there were two protagonists that came out during the release of the game there was big daddy near who's like this mm-hmm. big buff dude this is the the release the original release in the west that we got in like 2011 2012 and then in japan they got little brother near who's like the main character for for japan he's it's the same game though for whatever reason they switched the characters okay. but um yeah these are I, I just i don't know which one i should try and go for first i know i have more of an attachment to near at this point but i do want to you know get my my PS5, you know, moving. I don't want it to just sit there and collect dust. This yeah. is a another reason to, to, you know, to turn on the PS5, and it looks like a really cool experience. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck on which I've one. I've played do. nothing but old games on my PS5. <laughs> That's what we're all doing right now. There's only yeah, there's, there's not much, games. not much, nothing new on my PS5, dude. Nothing. That's that's yeah. still true. Just have a bunch of PS4 games that I still haven't touched that are still sealed because I'm playing all of these games that are just all like web based or they're just like you log in like what I was saying with Genshin. So mm. Genshin though they got their first update for PS5 this week. Oh yeah, so it's like updating um, the textures um, to kind of like you know match that uh, PS5 output and stuff like that. And 1.5 actually dropped, so people can make. Uh, their own houses um, inside the game so you have your own little hideout and stuff and they're also releasing more like boss battles that you could uh, re-up on Primal Gems and other materials. Let's move over to you El Patino Loco. Um, You like playing Genshin Impact. What's that all about? All right. Uh, We can start with Genshin Impact. So Genshin Impact is a uh, multi-platform game. You got it on PC, mobile, as well as on uh, PlayStation, and I think on um, the Switch as well, actually. And I've started playing a couple of months ago and have not been able to put down my phone. It's kind of taken over that slot that Hearthstone's been holding for so long. You're doing it on the phone. You're a phone guy. Yeah. I mean, I I, kind of like dabble between the phone and the computer, but it's just so much easier. Like the phone is, you know, right there. I could just hop on and the graphics are pretty similar. It's insane. I've never been this impressed with a a mobile game in a very, very long time. Um, And it doesn't even take that much space on a device either. 
um, developed by Mihoyo. Uh, it kind of is influenced a little bit by Zelda. That that was kind of mm-hmm. like the big thing in the beginning. Everybody was just like, oh, it's just a Zelda ripoff. And you do see um, the influence for these characters, the Hillatrolls, which are the basic enemies that kind of like wander around the world and you fight uh, every so often. But it's it's a really fun game. Um, very pay forward mm-hmm. uh, in terms of they have battle passes and also characters that they cycle in that all have better abilities than the last one. So right. you never want to kind of like a miss out on a banner. Uh, but I probably put in about five to seven hundred bucks. And I, I'm not. Oh my god! <laughs> it's it's crazy. But um, seven hundred. You you don't want to know how much I put into Hearthstone, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 there okay. with you in Hearthstone. I don't know if I put That's... that much in Hearthstone, but I definitely did sink a lot of money into seasonal packs and and like the the fifty dollar bundles when a new season would drop and stuff like that. So I'm, I get you there for sure. Oh and that's God, the that's... thing um, with Hearthstone, I just couldn't keep up anymore because I I haven't felt the same way. Yeah, I felt that's I, that's how I dropped off. I couldn't keep up with the meta and the different releases. It's, I didn't want to because they started implementing changes too rapidly. Like right. things, cars would get rotated out of like the standard decks and things. I mean, I get that you have to shift the meta in a in a card based game like that, but at I just right. felt, I didn't feel like doing it anymore because I had done it for years and I was like okay I'm just gonna spend my time somewhere else you know. Mm-hmm. What they did end up doing with uh, Hearthstone that was pretty interesting is they introduced uh, well Wild was a thing for the longest time where you could play mm-hmm. with cards from the past but then they added a classic mode where you can play with the cards with those same stats like you remember Leroy Jenkins very mm-hmm. iconic card. Um, they shifted it back in the classic mode so you could play it back when it was four mana. And oh. was, yeah, the busted version and gadgets wow. and ear and all those other uh, goodies. Yeah, so yeah. You wanted to get that experience back in, what was it? Started like 2015, 2016, I think it was. Yeah, it uh, sounds like, exactly. Classic. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. But, I was um, definitely obsessed around then for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's something that I got back into because at one point I was just like, do I want to keep buying packs? Like, you know, I'm kind of in this cycle of just spending all this money for this digital card game. But I still have my collection and I marvel at it. Now, now you're time. buying digital waifus. <laughs> right now. <laughs> digital waifus. Yeah, just change it from one thing to another, right? Exactly. I think the best part about games like Hearthstone and Genshin Impact are... I think it's the coolest thing about Genshin Impact is that I can download it on my phone or tablet and have the same save file and experience in both places. And that right. by far is the coolest idea when it comes to a game. Like, I think, I don't know if every game should have this, but I think most games should have this. If you're going to have a game that, like, Destiny should have this, absolutely. You want to play on your PlayStation and take your character to your friends on PlayStation, you should be able to do that. Well, more or less, you can, right? But You can now, you should, yeah. Yeah, it, like, that it seems like the ultimate like pinnacle of what a game should be able to do if you want to have that kind of experience absolutely yeah um just being able to take it everywhere you want um and i did actually play a little bit of genshin impact i have i actually have it on my ipod uh, ipad as well um the game's a lot of fun i just haven't been able to like let it bite me and like get into it but there are definitely the similarities between breath of the wild and this game like the physics that like the physics uh puzzles that they throw at you and a lot of the abilities you get very Breath of the Wildy, and very much like you can set grass on fire, and it like you know it, it makes the updraft current, and like they definitely like 
take a lot of uh i don't want to say liberties but like a lot of uh inspiration from breath of the wild it's cool it's a real cool uh it's i'm glad it's doing well because it's 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 a good game first and then it's monetization second right like in my in my in my eyes that's usually how i like to think make a good game first then you can start you know right Give me, give me, give me them dollars for more. <laughs> give me the dollars. Yeah. But like uh, the one, the other thing about uh, Genshin that I really found to be interesting is that they're incorporating more mini games into, um, into the game itself to kind of like stray, not necessarily stray away from like the main story content, but give you something to work with while they implement those patches or updates. Because at one point, you know, like it starts to get a little dry when they're because they're working like day in and day out on these um, updates. You know, 1.5, which is the one that just came out, is a huge update that, you know, adds another layer with the whole house uh, customization as well as just What's, add more main story content as well. For the houses, is it like Skyrim where you like buy a house and then like you can decorate it? Or is it like Minecraft where you're like, literally, I'll just build any kind of house I want? So it's crazy. What, they, what is it like? Because they um, they kind of added that mythical uh, approach to it, where there's a, a lady that gives you a teapot, and in the teapot you actually go into the teapot, and that's where your house or your realm is. <laughs> it's like you're going into another world, and you could also invite people into your world and uh, fight like dungeon bosses and stuff like that. So adding a definitely another layer, because um, as far as like the co-op is very limiting to limited to. Just doing either uh, Spiral Abyss or certain dungeons and things like that. But this adds more of like a social aspect to it. So nice. really looking forward to it. Very cool. That's a, that's a really cool way of solving the we can't edit or manipulate our world for every player. But we can create a space that you that you can make your own in a teapot. Like that's really I think that's that's a pretty clever workaround for like it is. It's a really, really good way to make it uh, make it a thing because everybody wants their own personal space in these online worlds. So no matter what kind of like how in depth the online world is, people want player housing is the, is the, the thing everyone always asks right. for. Right. Final fantasy 14 has a huge market for that. They do literally. And, and it's limited too. like, if you want a house, you have to get an open plot, dude. It's, I it's insane. I really, really, really this summer want to try to get a house in Ishgard because Ishgard is opening up a residential area for the first time. And I love that area and that city. Expensive, man. Buying houses in that, or like estates is what they call I them, I guess. Yeah, man, that's a lot. I, uh, I did buy a room in our, our shared guild uh, mansion because we're, we're in vibe with Rowan. So I do have Goodbye. my own room there in our, in our estate hall. But it'd be cool as hell to have my own house, and I would love to have one in Ishgard. And I figure a new, a new entirely new neighborhood opening up, essentially, is like a great time to jump in. So. Felix. So there's a there's a quest in Elder Scrolls Online called um, Room for Rent, I think, mm-hmm. that I just left and didn't bother fucking with, right? So fast forward, I've been playing like the membership, and with the membership at one point when they released like the Somerset Isle shit, like um, Somerset Isle is like an island that's off of the Tamriel continent, mm-hmm. so where, where uh, a bunch of the high elves come from. So anyway, so when I get that DLC they gave me a house. So it's this giant fucking mansion, right? <laughs> Empty, not furnished whatsoever. Right. And then I, through my process of like, just playing the game, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I'll just buy this house over here. 
So I finally return to this room for rent quest, which is like the quest to introduce you to the housing like mechanics in that mm-hmm. game. It's a fucking broom closet, basically. It's an apartment <laughs> in the back mm-hmm. of an inn. You get the special <laughs> Harry Potter edition. I have yeah. this giant, I have a giant, giant fucking mansion. And somebody was just like, here's a free broom closet. And I took it. <laughs> of course, you know, because so, of the did story. You lose, what? Did you lose your mansion? No, 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 no. It's not. Uh, the game doesn't play where um, you lose it. You got to replace a house with a house. No, it's just like I, the, my character has a medium-sized house that is a co- across from like this weird haunted village. Mm-hmm. And then I have the giant mansion in the Somerset Isles among the high elves <laughs> that's empty and not furnished. And then a broom closet that I can go to in this small town. <laughs> so fucking Space funny. is at a premium everywhere. So the, the, the most mm-hmm. hilarious thing about the housing mechanic in you can take people like you can buy companions who live in your house like you could in Skyrim and you can also take animals that you've claimed free you know you have in the game they have pets and they have mounts mm-hmm. so all that i have in my mansion are a fucking giant like battle cat you know type cat that mm-hmm. was a mount and this little house cat that i set on paths to roam randomly around house so when you enter this house it's just a fucking giant battle cat with armor and, and fucking a house cat like they're living together as fucking mates and shit of course <laughs> no like furniture show. no fucking furniture whatsoever in the giant mansion <laughs> sorry i cut you off no <laughs> well, what a fucking tangent so, so los uh, yeah. Tell yeah, I was gonna say, tell us about your. You have like a business that you're trying to get up off the ground, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell um, us all about it. Two things. I have a, a shop on Mercari. If you guys are familiar, um, online marketplace. You download the app on your phone or on your iPad. But um, the business name is Curio X Hunters. Uh, that's our, and we sell pretty much collectibles, trading cards, a bunch of stuff that's kind of like been close to us for a while. Um, and a big part of that has been cards on my end. I know my, my girlfriend kind of like dabbles in more of like the other collectibles, like movies and uh, figures and stuff like that. But since I've been getting all of these cards, I figured why not like try to make some supplemental income to not only reinvest, but save some. So we've been uh, selling for about a year now and kind of like dabbling in a little bit of everything, a little bit of electronics, some uh, trading cards. But it's definitely been a little tougher now than it was when Pokemon started to kind of come off the ground late uh, 2020. Um, but still, yeah, it's, like de- it's definitely people- seen a resurgence, those like right. people opening cards on stream and stuff. Yeah. And like you were saying, uh, Island is uh, one of the, Big streamers is very and Pokerev, uh, Leonhart, all of these uh, YouTubers mm-hmm. that have kind of been in the space for a long time have seen like you know their following grow uh, exponentially and the rise of like all of the smaller kind of YouTubers that are trying to get their ground are also like finding a lot of uh, traction with that too because everybody's starting to rekindle this passion for opening up packs and feeling what we felt when we were kids. Just gambling away our allowances is, is now is like everybody has money from their jobs, from their businesses and stuff, and they figure they could spend a couple hundred, couple thousands of cards. Right. So 
Plat- Platinos, let me ask you a question. Should right. I open? Should I open these? Yo, what the base set? Oh, yeah. base set original. Are you unopened? Are you sure? They are. They are sealed. Aren't resealed. Um, pretty. I'm pretty sure I got these as a gift from when I worked at GameStop from a coworker, oh. and he was like, "Yeah, just just take these." I'm pretty sure these are legit. Like, you got them years ago. I you know, didn't, you didn't no- buy these like like this year. I did not buy them this year. I, these have been in my drawer, and I've just been Dude. not doing. I've just just held them. Okay. I'm not. Yeah, don't, I don't want to open don't, them. Don't Holy, open. Yeah, I, would, I would hold on to that. You're man. holding. Are you holding? Don't open. Don't open. <laughs> Keep holding. To the moon. Legit. To the moon with that one. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know if you hold them. I what you Stunks. might want to do is like seal them as they are and try to sell them as they are. Like those packs could go for a grand. Yeah, Cheap. easily. Easily like, five hundred mm, at least. Yeah, I did. I did check recently because over in the kind of funny Discord, um, they they talk about opening like Pokemon. They have a we have a Pokemon channel over there that they all talk about. Mm-hmm. And some one of the one of the people knew that I had those, and we looked it up on eBay at the time. I think this was before the rush of you know all the streamers opening packs, and uh, right. they were like four or five hundred dollars a pack, not like a thousands, but like they were they were up there of in value, which is cool. School. I'm just going to keep mean, them in my drawer here and, and pull well, a Charizard. Who knows? And then, of course, you're 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 looking at five figures, but that's a gamble. Well, well Neo, you, Neo, you just met somebody who could probably broker a deal for you in the future with the percentage. <laughs> you can also open them, and then you might just get like a bunch of uh, you know, the, the problem is any card the in there is, is like that base set is so valuable, right. man. But the moment you open it, the value is just going to tank immediately if you're if there's like nothing good in there, right? Like it instantly loses its value. I, I mean, I know people still like want like, uh, they're not first editions, are they? They would say it on the pack. Would say it would say on the front of the pack. Yeah, it's a little stamp. It should be on the bottom left, I think. Um, I don't see anything. Even so, like this, they're, they're still worth a good amount. If they were first edition uh, base set packs, those would be like probably like five to ten grand a pack or something like that. Yeah, I don't think I see the symbol there. I don't see the symbol either. But you're yeah, right. People want like Pikachu's, like like a like an OG Pikachu, like is a card people just want, you know, and like that's going to yeah. have value. It says 19.99 on the pack, so this seems pretty. I what, I, camera, what, what I was asking you about, Neo, is you got to be careful. If if you didn't buy them this year, which is good, but because of their resurgence no. in popularity, people have been re- opening these packs, pulling the good cards, and like with 2021 technology, resealing them so that's almost like imperceptible mm. to someone who's not like a super mega expert in that possibility. So if you were like, I just bought these to get in the game, I'd be like, mm, I feel like that was a bad move. But if you've had these in your drawer for years unopened, it's that's probably been, been at least 10 years in my drawer. Those, then those are legit. Those are a thousand percent legit. And uh, mm-hmm. who knows what you got in there, man? Wow. It's exciting. It's exciting. I'm going to give them to my kids. And then I'll be like, never open these. Never, ever. Well, here's the thing. I don't know if we're going to get another wave like we're having right now. Pokemon cards oh, are at, right. I think they're at the peak, man. I don't know if they're going to last through 2022 or through 2021 mm-hmm. into 2022. You know what I mean? I do, I do. I do, in fact, have a binder sitting somewhere in my parents' house. I, all my I magic cards and all my Pokemon cards. They're all there. I, all just I know there. I have I at least have a Blastoise, a hollow Blastoise, at least maybe a Charizard. 
I don't know if I ever got the uh, the Venusaur from the base set, but I don't know. I can't trust the quality because me and my brother played with these cards, right? And I had them in sleeves, but still, like, they were shuffled, they were dealt out. So they're not going to be like a PSA 9 or 10 by any means at all. It actually brings up uh, another point with PSA that they're not taking any submissions until I think it's 2022 or late 2021, just because they're getting way too many. They're still backed up. I've heard that. What is PSA? That's a grading card service um, that they grade anything from sports cards to Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon cards, and uh, you could send in your cards to try to get the grading because that's where the true value lies. If you do get those high grades, the nine or the tens on these vintage Pokemon cards, because like um, Neo is yeah, like a, like a off, like a, like the seal of approval. You get them in the, in the hard plastic, got the plaque there saying right. like, this is this grade. This is this quality. And that's what that's what bumps it up, like a, a graded, confirmed to be this quality card. And that's the thing, because like they're they're trying to um, increase their staffing, but like how do you quickly just add people that can authenticate these, you know, thousand dollar, ten thousand dollar cards off the bat? That's like a skill that you have to train for. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. you can't really just like like put an ad out on Craigslist, like who wants to rate Pokemon cards? Like you just can't. <laughs> any clown off the street like you have to be literally an expert in the field to know what you're looking for and what you're looking at to not have like a counterfeit or to look for like you know creases or misprints or whatever the case may be like it needs a lot of skill that's a really good point i think the the craziest part about the whole thing is that not only are people sending in the rarer cards but they're trying to send in cards that are like uncommon rare like just non-hollow cards just because they know that they'll probably like five times their original value of the card. So, uh, you know, the rise of junk slabs too, that's really what's throwing the whole wrench in the operations. But I haven't graded any cards personally. Uh, I do know that I have a couple of cards that are probably like PSA 9, PSA 10 worthy, but um, not Charizard for sure. Yeah. Cards that I have is like super damaged. I probably, I think I found it on the bat in the bathroom, like on the floor as a kid. <laughs> All right. All of, our, all of our collections are going to be somewhere where they shouldn't be for this year, you know? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know how much I want to tangent, but back in like when I was in fifth grade, Pokemon cards were really hot at the time. And uh, I actually had my Pokemon cards stolen at one point by a kid. And I know who did it. And I reported him to the principal to get my cards back. <laughs> I was a little snitch, but I got my Pokemon cards back. That kid got in a lot of trouble. It was really, really and we got Pokemon cards were banned from our school after that. No more. Every, every school period. Yeah. Any any fad thing just got banned after a couple of. Dude, after a couple we had days, an assembly or... about Tamagotchis, and they were like, "Don't bring these to school. Don't yeah. bring them." We we Everyone had a morning had... ritual in in my in my grade school where everyone had to go and like put their Tamagotchis in like their book bags in the closet. Like like the teacher wanted to see everyone put their shit in the backpack because we just be at our desks fucking feeding that <laughs> oh, did I get Bill thing. Clinton yet? Did I get Bill Clinton? I don't know. You know. But yeah, sorry, that was a little little mini tangent there. But yeah, so uh yeah, what like what so so you would you do you sell Pokemon packs on Macari? Is that what it is? No, so it's uh it's mainly like singles um and also like bundles. So I, mm. I found a lot of my vintage a good portion of my vintage cards, not my grails, because I, I know for sure I have uh, I don't know if it's an unlimited 
base set Charizard and Blastoise and Venusaur and all those other guys. But I found a good portion of it, threw it inside this uh, heavy case, the Pelican cases. These are the Pelican uh, gun cases or whatnot. So I've just been um, slowly trying to ease up the load because the cards are starting to stack up more and more. And I'm just like, I can't even see past them at one point. So I'm trying to get through the collection, thin it out a little bit, kind of like focus more on the, the high value ones to set aside for PSA grading. But so far, it's been pretty good. Um, getting a lot of uh, people coming onto the site just to check out the cards and stuff like that. Give a couple of likes. A lot of people are more reserved now. So as far as uh, the cards, you have to make sure you're taking good pictures, showing any flaws, whitening on the corners, creases, scratches on the hollow foil. It's a whole science now. Before, people were kind of just throwing like, oh, yeah, that, that person's selling a binder for like $1,000. Let me just buy it. But now that more and more people are going to their closets and finding their vintage stuff and putting it on, there's like thousands of yeah. right now. So, God, I should go get my Pokemon cards. I should go yeah. find those. Definitely, definitely worth the search, man. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you that much. Hmm. Should give them, should see what uh, do like a value check on them and see what they are what they're all about. True. And uh, another thing I've been doing now is uh, you know I've, on TikTok I'm doing like pack openings as far as like the more recent stuff like Vivid Voltage here. I have actually one of the uh, blisters here. I don't know how well you can see that with the light. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but these are becoming more and more increasingly hard to get in my area because I don't drive. So I just kind of like walk to my the closest shop to me. But now that other people know when they restock, they're like grabbing them before I can get there. They left me one. They just left me one to grab. But, <laughs> um, I'm trying to be a little bit smarter as far as like timing and seeing when I can go in to grab it. But it's more something that I'm doing passively. I'd still want to work off of what I currently have, but it's, it's been fun so far. Just trying to come up with creative ways to bundle these things together and, uh, you know, capture uh, people's eyes with the right card. Cause you don't want to give them something that's like, so, so, and like ask for a like hundred bucks. Cause that's not going to work in this uh, market right now. Yeah. Well, cool. Anything else you want to share with us? Uh, I yeah so like as far as like you know i've been dabbling a bit more into the card stuff uh as far as gaming because i know we kind of touched up a little bit upon what i was playing i was actually talking to felix about final fantasy 7 remake mm. i know i'm a bit late on that but i've been starting to play That's okay uh, it brings me back though because back when it was the ps1 edition and the four disc i would uh, go ham just putting in hundreds of hours in it so I'm a little disappointed that you can't do the turn base. I know that a lot of people have moved away. It has it has a classic mode in it that you can like select. Yeah, I, I lied to him about that. I thought it had. The, I thought classic mode was that because I thought you guys had said that on the show, but I realized I just misunderstood you guys. <laughs> yeah, I think the classic mode is just more reliant on menu stuff. It's just more menu based attacking and all that good stuff. I was, yeah. ho- I was hoping that there was a that might take too much time and development probably for them to include that. So thing. Square Enix did they did announce um, a Final Fantasy seven like it's what is it called? It's like it's like their legacy game that they're doing like uh, do you remember Final Fantasy 15 like like the mini version of it? They did like a they did yeah, the whole they did all of 15 in like a classic style. They're announcing a uh, a version of that for set for, for uh, seven, oh, worth cool. the entire 
the entire story, including um, uh, like Advent Children, including Dirge of Cerberus, like Vincent's story, including um, Crisis Core. And it's going to be just everything, the original game, everything in some kind of a mobile version. We don't know if there's going to be installments, chapters, how else they're going to do it. But it's they've said every every section of Final Fantasy seven, every every bit of content is going to be in one playable game. Which is very cool yeah, because it's, I got the title for it. movie, so it'd be cool to like to play that, you know. So it's called Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, and you're right; it covers Crisis Core, before Crisis, the original Seven story, Dirge of Cerberus, and Advent Children. It covers; mm-hmm. it's a game that is kind of done in the the classic style, but with obviously updated visuals and all that good stuff. Right. Um, apparently, it's free to free to play. I'm going to assume you have to pay for the different. It's going Sections. to be yeah. a modification, whether it's like like timers in the game somehow, or or yeah, like you said, like like chapters that are that are paid for. Who knows? I don't think it's that. Um, my brother might think it's that. We we've been kind of going back and forth about the possibilities there, but I don't know, man. That's interesting for sure. What they're going to do. I feel like Dirge of Cerberus is one of those games that kind of flew under the radar. I remember playing that back on the PlayStation Two. That was a yeah. I played that as well. I didn't finish it. I I know it didn't like grab me. I I it was like one night. I played it literally once. So who knows? Like it might hit differently again. But yeah, that was. I that just was a different I remember game. wanting a PSP so I could play that Vincent game. What was the game with Vincent? That was Dirge of Cerberus, but that's that PS2. Thinking of the Zach game, Crisis Core was PSP. Oh yeah. Oh, oh fucking Zach yeah. rearing his fucking weird head. I don't even yeah. fucking know the, who's fucking Zach Felix is. Has no context for Zach since he's only no context. The remake. He doesn't know the secret. I played literally only the first section of seven in this remake, and that's all I know. And then randomly at the end of the game, they're like Zach, and Zach is fucking there killing enemies. And I'm like, who the and fuck you, is you have, Zach? You have no context. You have no context for this person. I'm like Mister <laughs> Mister Mister Non Secretor Zach comes fucking in. What if I told you? What if I told you, you have a way to play the entire story? Whenever you want, on any platform you want, at any time. I do. Start to finish. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you I, might, like, I can't see this happening. You might have to uh, retro game a little bit <sighs> to do that. You know it's your favorite. Los, you're going to learn real quick if you spend some time on this podcast that I can't retro games that I didn't play when I was a kid. So I can retro, really? I re- I can retro games that I played when I was a kid. But I, for some reason, my mind can't wrap around wanting to play games that are. My mind can wrap around it fine, Trip Zero. I can wrap around it. It's just, sure. I, what do I want to wrap around it? That's the problem. No, I, that, there it is. You don't want to do it. There it's it is. really, it's the magic right there. But I don't even last long. Like, the only thing I last long, lasted long playing in a retro that I played before recently. I'm saying when I say last long, I mean more than. Oh, I just downloaded like it on my Switch. I downloaded my Switch for five minutes. I played it for fucking 20 minutes. Put the fucking game down. Never played it again. But the only right. game I didn't, and I told you recently that I was playing this, Castlevania. Like yeah, I got, right. I got yeah. farther in Castlevania than I've ever gotten in my entire life. I got to Frankenstein in that fucking game. Beat him. Nice. And then had no resources to fight the next boss. <laughs> and now I've got like this save point. Between that boss and the boss after him, Frankenstein's a fucking asshole. He's got Igor with him. It's like this little guy, this little dog or whatever. 
I barely played Castlevania. Yeah, but, Fra- uh, Frankenstein uh, and the little dog just jump around and fuck you up, and then you have no resources when you go to fight the next boss, which I think is like a might be Dracula. I can't even fucking remember. But like, dude, that's the Isn't only he game the that big I, main like, boss in Dracula, like the guy you have to get to in Castlevania. Yeah, like, might, end, maybe right? I'm at the end of the game and I didn't even know it. <laughs> I don't might know. be, dude. But that's the game that I retroed recently. Yeah. Nice. Well, play seven when you're done with the remake. Well, I guess oh, you're yeah. done with the remake now, unless you're going to go back in on a hard mode. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? The only thing that appealed appealed to me about that is the fact that I get to go in with all my shit like it's a new game plus. Yeah. There, the consideration of going back in there with no items, fresh with nothing. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is a new game plus, but I'm not recommending that you do that. Or if you do, give it a little bit of time. I am giving it time. I'm. I'm. On, I'm on another. Bigger, better deal right now, bro. Nice. I'm so just happy you finished it. That makes me happy. Yeah, I did it for you guys. I mean, I and you you did it for yourself. I did it for myself, but you guys like told me about the game, and I was like, you know, I gotta give this a fair shake. I say it all the time about people. I can't shit on something if I've never actually consumed it and have no proper context for it. Fair point. So it's okay. I do that all the time. It's fine. Yeah, that's I'm like (laughs) that with movies, TV shows, whatever. You know, like anyway. Um, so I have I have no good transition for this. Do you want to guys talk? You want to talk about Mortal Kombat, or do you want to hop right into the main topic? Because I think we should probably just go into the main topic. I'm cool with that. I mean, I haven't seen the movie. I've heard it was incredible uh, and shitty at the same time. Just like a, it's a fun as hell, wild video game experience. Maybe you, if you want to say a few words, that could work. But I have no other context yeah. based on Twitter takes. You know. Um, I mean, I have pretty much the same takes as most people. It's a good movie. The main character kind of sucks. The character that they invented for this movie, the one who's not in the video games, is kind of just like a lame character. Like he is not he's not likable at all for to me, and he wasn't anything special. He didn't do anything that made me want to root for him. They sh- he's like a, he's like a like a washed up MMA fighter. Um, and he loses most of the time until he doesn't lose to save his family. And then he <laughs> beats one of the major villains of, you know, Mortal Kombat lore. And then the coolest, honestly, the coolest, the best part about the movie is the Sub-Zero Scorpion stuff. Hands down. I know, I know, Felix, you saw this, but uh, the first like 10 minutes of the movie is like Scorpion Sub-Zero backstory. Really awesome. good stuff. Really good stuff. And then you don't see Scorpion. I don't want to like spoil the movie. Is this... I mean, what are you going to spoil? It's a bunch of fighting. A bunch of fights. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's great. <laughs> Look, the, you got to see it to believe it, bro. You got to see it to believe it. Like, you got to see it to believe it. What the movie does really well is, is it, it realizes it's a, it's a cheesy video game movie, and it just, like, leans into that. And it you doesn't, have, like, have, really There's well. no other way that that, that, that movie is, is going to play mm-hmm. other than that. Like, You're not going to win with this movie so you might as well go the complete opposite direction yeah you just lean you just lean hard into it like the movie does things like somebody will die and then somebody says fatality and mm-hmm. you're like yeah you said the thing right and then exactly. there's a moment where like like this one dude kicks the absolute shit out of another dude and doesn't get touched and he says flawless victory like you get all those moments right like you get all yeah. those like like that's, the, yeah that's they the did correct the correct way to do it for sure that's the correct way Felix, what are your thoughts on the movie? I'm only uh, three quarters of the way through it because that's really the oh, pace shit. I can. Ca- no, 
I'm going to. I just don't know when. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not like it's not at, at top of my. So I I'm viewing it as. I I hope that this is the Fast and the Furious one. To and this is really like a new reference for me because like I wouldn't have been able to do that make this reference like five weeks ago before I watched all of those movies, but I'm hoping this is the Fast and the Furious one to a large franchise where they come in their own until they have the Justin Lin series of Fast and the Furious movies. So like Justin Lin did four, five, six. Those three fucking movies are an amazing trilogy in Fast and the Fury, right? Fast, Fast and the Furious. So I'm hoping this movie is just the start of a great franchise, and we start to see like all you know multiple sequels I, with all these characters. And I think that's what they're going for, right? I they're hope going the community doesn't kill it. A series, because I don't know. I don't think it's great, but I think there's a shit ton of little nuggets and eggs. And like like you said, them adding in all the nods to the game subtly and and organically into the flow of the story means that like they can call back to that shit later. And I think I think the, the what's his name? Cole Young, is that his name? Cole Young. But yeah. I think that character is going to develop into like a, a a you know, a staple, kind of like Brian is in fucking The Fast and the Furious. He's like this character that the audience can live through to mm-hmm. view all of what's around him. So, you know. Right. Un- and unless- that's and that's why I think they made Cole Young because he is kind of like a new outsider character for audiences to like, kind of like go, okay, well, I don't know who all these other people are because they're from the game, but like, yeah, this is a classic story. He's the yeah. lens through which he's the introduced every man. To he's the every man the story. He is. And, and they absolutely did that, but I think they didn't succeed at making him a good character to like root for, right? Like, cause you want to root for those characters to succeed and stuff, but they, they made it really difficult to do that because they didn't show him. They didn't. They they showed him failing a lot, and then they told him he was special. And then you go, okay, he's special because they told me. And then you just continue to watch this guy kind of like flounder his way through all this like supernatural crazy shit that's going on around him. Meanwhile, everyone else knows what's going on, and it's it is it it really does feel like this character didn't doesn't fit in the world like he should. Like you can tell, he's not a um, a Mortal Kombat character like right away because of just how he behaves and how he is. So I played. Everyone else is so weird, you know. And this this really shows my fucking age. But I was I played Mortal Kombat for the first time, Mortal Kombat One, in the arcade in the first couple of months of it being in existence, <laughs> where you'd have six layers deep of people crowding around one machine in a beach arcade like mm-hmm. cheering on a guy who is going the up the totem you know the total pole of uh of fights that you got to do mm-hmm. to try and get to the goro fight at the very end right, right. and and i have distinct memories of that and the character that i always played fondly whenever i went in was sonya blade like mm-hmm. i loved her like fucking thing where she she does like a handstand that like that where her back fully you know, she handstands like forward and then her Grabs legs the her legs lock around somebody's neck and then she pulls I think I don't can't remember if she pulls their head off or just that's her move like she flips them but I loved that fucking move because no one saw it coming and I used to do it all the time on kids and 
it was just amazing. So I'm watching this movie, and I am hyper-focused on Sonya Blade and her character. And I'm not mm-hmm. fully happy with what they did with her, and I don't fully... But later See, on... not they, to, should, they should have made Sonya the main character. That's that's what right, I think right, they should have Right, right, same done. here. Yeah. She's the main character in M- MK11. Like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and... But, but what I did like was, and I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a moment later when she finally achieves something. And that was the moment where I was like, this is fucking cool. Like, I'm yeah. really liking this. When she finally achieves her, I don't want to spoil it. That's the part where I was like, yay! <laughs> I am, and the, movie the fan is back! The movie the does that like a million times throughout uh-huh. the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's constantly being like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that's from the game. You like that? Ooh, yeah." Have but I didn't. One. I didn't Have get to one. see her move. I wanted in one of those shots. I wanted to see her do, but I didn't get to the end of the movie. Maybe they don't even do it. But probably, you should probably finish the movie. I'm going to finish the movie because I really want to see <laughs> if they do. If, they, if I she was does under that, the impression, Felix, that you watched this movie and that's why we were going to talk about this. No, I mean, I watched. I told you, it's like almost done. It's like. I'm really close right. to the end. That's but, fine. But yeah, I do not hate that movie though. I do not hate that movie. I just, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's a good movie, <laughs> but, but I go post on social media. I couldn't even get through that mortal Kombat movie with no context. <laughs> and everybody thinks that I hate it. <laughs> All these people are like, man, it was pretty good, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, just like, the click dude. All I said click. was I couldn't get through that mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> You know what you're doing. I, I, li- you. I literally couldn't, like, because I was busy. Okay. I had uh-huh. shit to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did they have the trailer song? Is it on uh, HBO Max or something? I think I heard it. It is. was it's released in theaters and in okay. on HBO Max if you got access to it. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So that's why everyone saw it so much. Maybe I will pop in and check it out. It's not bad. It's a good. You know, make some popcorn. Yeah. T- turn off your brain. Enjoy the enjoy oh, the. I have, the I have no, I'm not going to go in there like a critic at all. I'm just going to go in there for action. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's the best. The best. No, way to enjoy. definitely Just enjoy not. it for what no. it. Yeah. yeah. Do not watch it with like the critical eye of like a fucking Oscar film. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not watching this expecting like a Darren Aronofsky fucking mind bender. Like I'm, no. I know I'm just gonna watch them get their entrails kicked out of their skull, and that's it. That yeah, you want, I mean, I see all the little the violence. Things. Trip Zero. The violence in this movie is palpable. <laughs> you can, you can <laughs> taste it. You can taste it. Yeah. So well, speaking of uh, violence against the law, violence against the mm-hmm. law. What are you doing? What a transition! I'm trying He's to trying. transition. He's trying. Go ahead. Um, cool. Let's. We'll, we'll touch on this big topic that happened this week um, that I forgot about. Uh, Trip, do you want to? Do you want to lay us down with what's happening with yeah. the lawsuit against Twitch? Yeah, I'll. Uh, I'll. I'll give a quick recap, and then we'll we'll discuss some of the implications about this. Um, a lot of people may not remember, uh, but a couple years back, I think in 2016, maybe earlier, I'm, I'm bad on the date before this exactly happened. There was a big, big controversy on Twitch surrounding the gambling with CSGO skins, Counter-Strike Global Offensive skins. People would, would bet skins in the game to try to win other skins. And these things had, like, had an extreme real-world value. And uh, it was CSGO Shuffle was the site um there was a broadcaster his name was phantom lord um one of the biggest broadcasters on twitch at the time who would stream himself like you know playing these games and winning insane roles at the at the csgo shuffle skins 
he was a part owner of the site, the CSGO Shuffle site, and then he was banned from Twitch. And as we know about Twitch's banning, they pretty much just ban someone and that's it. They don't they don't even tell the person why who was banned. Wow. They certainly don't issue a statement to everyone else saying why the person's no longer there. They're just no longer there one day. And there's a the big question mark, right? Sorry, I missed so the people, one point. Was this guy big following? Yes. Yeah, he was oh, yeah, he was good. one of the hugest streamers on the platform mm-hmm. at the time. Um and he was gone. He was banned. No explanation why, just nothing. No concept. I remember at the time this being a big deal because I think we, this is actually something we talked about on the show when Definitely. it was going on. Um, I remember being pretty pissed off about it because these people were lying to their viewers in order to get people to get traffic to their website so they could spend money on these CSGO bets, right? Like it was like a huge deal at the time. I remember a lot of people were reporting on it. I didn't remember this lawsuit going on though. Uh, Trip, you want to keep go- going into it? On April 23rd, Phantom Lord tweeted... Uh, I won. I won my lawsuit versus Twitch on all counts. Twitch lost everything, including the fraud claim against me for the CSGO shuffle allegations. This is a win for all streamers. Twitch can't bully, lie, and treat streamers unfairly the way they have for years. So this has been an ongoing lawsuit for the entire time. For all of the years between then and now, he has been fighting Twitch in court about his ban from the platform. And it just was decided that he was banned wrongfully, that he's owed back pay for, for losses. Wow. And, uh, and essentially that Twitch was, was making up all the allegations and can't prove that he misrepresented himself to the extent that's required to be banned on the website. And this is, this mm. is huge for streamers for a lot of reasons, but primarily because of the ambiguity in the banning process. No one knows. We don't know why our friends might get banned off the site. We don't know why Dr. Disrespect to this day was banned from Twitch. Still a mystery. You know, like, is he going to file a lawsuit now? Probably not. I'm sure he's got a cushy gig over there on YouTube. But like, (laughs) you know, like there's so many question marks. Um, And Phantom Lord tweeted out in the days in between of that announcement and today saying things like Twitch just asked the judge to silence me from tweeting about the lawsuit. Um, That got denied. Um, oh damn yeah they, were, they, they tried to do they tried to do a fucking they call that a um what do they call a, it a, a gag, gag order, order. yeah mm-hmm. um uh, he put a statement out on his on his twitch phantom lords uh twitch and i won't read the whole thing i'll offer you guys to his uh to his twitter um sorry his twitter page to read his statement i do want to read a, a, a paragraph from this though which is very interesting yeah go ahead Uh, The jury of 12 also addressed Twitch's secret enforcement policies. The jury determined that because of its conduct, Twitch waived any enforcement of its terms of service. Also in this trial, Twitch's secret strike guide, its undisclosed list of rules of violations, was revealed and given the scrutiny it deserved. Twitch's arbitrary and baseless punishment system was found to be improper. Regrettably, Twitch still does not comprehend how inappropriate its punishment system is and asked the court to place the secret strike guide under seal. Wow. So there is a secret list of guidelines that are not in the terms and conditions that are not given to streamers that were revealed during these proceedings and are still not public because of this. But the fact is now public that they exist and Twitch is making decisions based on knowledge that's not given to broadcasters on their platform. Wow. 
I that is but that list is not public? <laughs> not public. It's not public. It's an internal like But it was in a public trial. Why is that not public? <laughs> no, the trial was not public. Oh, the the it wasn't? outcome here is public. Uh but this was this was unsealed uh, in the course of these proceedings. They're not allowed to show that. That was put under seal. As as people who who stream on on Twitch, you would probably want to know things that would get you banned, right? You don't want to break the rules of a platform that you make yourself public on and that you agree to terms of service on. But for some reason, Twitch has a set of rules that they want to keep away from the people who are on their platform. Mm -hmm. What what the hell, Twitch? Now, uh, Phantom Lord is going to go live uh, as of this recording. He's going live tomorrow on Twitch. No, on YouTube. Oh, he's going I, was live to, I was about to say, if he goes on Twitch, that's hilarious. Um, 11 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. Pacific time, Thursday, April 29th. He's going to go live on YouTube and talk about this entire experience. So maybe we'll get more details then. Maybe he'll tell us some of the secret strike guidelines in this. I'm sure this will be a fascinating watch or rewatch. Uh, I don't know if we'll have the episode out uh, in time for people to hear about this and tune in. But um, if you're interested, you know, you'll know where to find this, this video essentially. And I'm sure there will be more stories about it. Once his details uh, come out about it. And once he makes all of his statements complete, I really want to know that. I really want to know. Don't you want to know? Do you, do, would you, do you guys want to know? That's why I was pushing this, this story because it's, it's incredibly fascinating. And the, the implications for this platform, we're broadcasting on Twitch right now. You know, the yeah. implications are huge, especially with how people are supposed to expect to conduct themselves. I, uh, I want to know if I'm breaking the about to fucking put the hammer down, dude. I'm like, yeah. I'm like in this space, like it's a fucking stream within a stream. Like, yeah, we're here. <laughs> we're in this space, bro. We're here. Yeah, like, about, oh, sorry, about getting banned, no, go ahead. and then we get banned. Go ahead. Do you feel like Twitch has some kind of a bias um, towards their more like? Uh, I wouldn't want to say because in Doctor Disrespect, he was one of like the poster poster kids of the of the platform, but. Um, you think about the situation with like Alinity, let's say with the whole cat over the shoulder thing, um, and the vodka, and then, yeah, and the vodka stuff, and then not getting banned. But then you look at this situation with Phantom Lord, or some of the other ones that still people people get banned for like way less than what she did or what anyone does. Like, I'm trying, I try to think of other people who have been banned, but I'm not. Unfortunately, I don't know twitch like like that yeah i mean it's i i don't think twitch is malicious in their banning or not banning procedures what i think it is is that it's decisions made by real people right right he's, he's not automated um but what what twitch likes to do is again we know this not comment on ban decisions and so that's going to be also not commenting on things that they've missed and some of the big misses look like giant misses because of the popularity these people have. Yeah. You know, what are you, are you like, talking about a I, lot, a lot of the people who are breaking the, the terms of service regarding like, yeah, like more, if, if someone throws, more skin or yeah, stuff like that. Like if someone throws that out as an example of like, Oh, Twitch ban this person, but not that person. I just think it's a human error. I think it's a miss. It's a miss on their part. And they're not going to go back and ban someone based off of VOD unless it's like really egregious behavior. You know, if it like, 
if it, if it was a moment that came and went and they missed it, it wouldn't look great for them to go back and then ban someone after the fact because they'd have to explain that, which we know they don't like to do. You totally. know, they'd have to, like, there would just be so many questions they would have to answer and it would put them into more of a sticky situation as a business than just letting it go and hoping that it dies out. So that's how mm-hmm. I think those situations are handled and why they happen. So they, they miss, they miss a bannable offense. They rather take the L and let that person just continue on the platform. I, I think so. Because the more that they make a decision based on something very, very public, the more that their behavior gets defined. And as we know from this court case, they want to have their behavior in terms of banning very undefined. They don't want people to know what does it and what doesn't do it. They want people to, to abide by the terms and conditions, but they want to be able to interpret those terms and conditions on their own discretion. You know what that's Is called that, in prison term, right? What would that be called in prison term? It's called a panopticon. So a panopticon prison is designed by the French, and the way it works is you have a, a basically the portions of the prison are giant cylinders that go mm-hmm. high, essentially fairly high, a couple floors. And in the center, you have a pinnacle tower that has lights that will light periodically. And sometimes those lights are manned by guards, and sometimes they're not. And basically the lights will shine on cells to see what prisoners are up to and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So the way it works is periodically the light shines, and it might just be a random light, automated, right? But sometimes it shines, and there's a guard behind it who can fucking see the shit that's going on. And so what results is sometimes prisoners are taken out of their cell and put into solitary because they were doing some fucked up shit. And what ends up happening in the panopticon environment is ultimately the prisoners start policing themselves and policing other prisoners. Right, right. And then there's less work from the guard staff. That sounds like exactly the approach they have for their platform. They're using a panopticon strategy to like make Twitch um, fucking its own jail. Yes, so funny. Very interesting. Panopticon, also the final level of control. Mm. Yeah. They named it appropriately. They did. (laughs) Wait, control in what? Oh, in uh, fucking the game called Control. Yeah, I remember that. And I said your, that my, when I was live in my stream, uh, the, 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 that stage came up and I go, I know what that word means. <laughs> I was like, I studied that in college, motherfuckers. You didn't get that one past me. I knew that. <laughs> so but yeah, like, what, what, do you, what do you guys think? What does this mean to you, this news? Are you like, how does it change your, your view of Twitch if it does? Well, like, Here's the thing. This has been a conversation that's being held all over the social media space, not just Twitch. Twitter also under lots of fire for who they do ban and who they don't ban. Right. Like who 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 does Twitter consider worthy of being banned? Right. Like what what egregious acts do you have to do? Um, There was another. um, God, was this was Twitch? Was this Twitch who did this? They said that they're going to start banning based on actions you take off of your platform. Who's who, who did that? Was that Twitch? Mm, I don't don't know exactly what site or platform rolled that or trotted that out. I should say. Platform. I'm just trying to look this up. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, I, I can name a bunch of people that were banned for different reasons. And they're all weirdly 
crazy. What in, on, on Twitch or Twitter? Because Twitter is that list is this long. This is Twitch. So here's oh, okay. here's one. I'm not. I'm not even going to go into names. But this guy was uh, banned for stream sniping in Fall Guys. An ill-considered joke oh. about genocide is the next one. Okay. Uh, g- getting caught cheating at Call of Duty Warzone while bragging about how good he is at Call of Duty Warzone. Now, these aren't like Twitch issued reasons, right? These are like someone this, probably was watching at the time and was like, it has to be this. Right. Probably. Right. That's what the, I, I guess the are. So this is drunken gunfire on stream. Oh, I remember. Oh, I remember that one. Guy set a yeah. gun off. Um, yes. Yes. This is being a jerk. And it's de- uh, President Donald Trump's fucking Twitch stream got banned. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, uh-huh. the, the doctor's disrespect one says we still don't know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, being jackass parents, it's like uh, Rowdy um, Rogan's uh, parents. Yeah, yeah, there were some people who were like being really neglectful while streaming. Yeah, mm-hmm. some streaming baby or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember one person got streamed for getting into a domestic domestic fight with their their significant other. That happened on stream. I saw that. No, it wasn't on stream. That guy like started was yelling back and forth with his wife. So get off the game, get off the game. Then he walked off stream and you could hear him hitting her mm-hmm. like which many people were like, OK, well, maybe that didn't happen. But that's how it can fucking he can get away with it. If everyone just believes it's a lie, you know what I mean? Like. We got to take him at face value that if even if it was theatrical, like, why would you do that dumb fuck? You know what I mean? Like, why would you actually hit your wife? Why would you make up like a a theatrical fucking presentation to fucking hit where you're hitting your wife? Like for an audience? Like, are you stupid? Yeah. In either case, you're dumb. (laughs) On the the other side of it as well. It's like, well, it's Twitch's platform, right? They have the final say if you stay or are banned, mm-hmm. generally. Um, I feel as though they should be outlined uh, of a, like a, a solid list of bannable offenses. So there is no gray area. It right. seems like Twitch just wants to live in this gray area where they can yeah. just decide at a whim if it's, if it's bannable or not. I mean, what and, do we think about that? Does a platform have the, the I don't know, ability are they justified in keeping their own list of reasonings behind the the TOS reasons that anyone has access to? How do we feel I don't like that? that at all? I don't like it. I don't like it, sir. I, I mean, I'm gonna. I my, what were you gonna say, Los? I'm oh, sorry. I think it's just lack of transparency, um, honestly. Because if you if you don't outline what you could get in trouble for, I mean, granted, you know, like as far as like a person's like moral code, they should have an I somewhat of an idea. But then, like as far as like you know, things like maybe like music, what what kind of music can I play, or um, you know, like the thing with gambling, like what kind of gambling isn't allowed, uh, what kind of gambling is is um, considered like just interacting with your uh, with your fans or your right. viewers. Right. So I think just having that guideline will much better uh, lead to people being clear minded on what not to do. Yeah. I mean, that that logic makes perfect sense. But obviously there's they want to be able to kind of maintain some kind of ambiguity so they can make decisions that I think ultimately would benefit them as a business. Right. Right. They they want to they want to have that extra slack to to act when they need to act without mm-hmm. any sort of like rule to refer to right like they they want to just be able to be like 
well, we don't like having this guy here, so we're we're getting rid of him. Um, they don't want to have it in stone, so to speak, so they don't right. have to say explain themselves. They and they don't explain themselves. Like Doc disrespect. We still don't know why, right? Like no idea. Yep. They don't they they want to be able to act in that gray so they can just do whatever they want on their platform. And I guess I mean I don't like that because they, they have built over time this like large uh group like a large amount of streamers that use their platform regularly and viewers that watch so man i don't know man i i i would love for them to just be straight up about it but i don't but, think we're gonna get it but there but they, no but phantom lord wants to tell us i will listen to phantom lord even though i think he's a dick for what he did back with this <laughs> with the, the csgo shit hey man the problem is is they're a corporation and corporations are people and when corporations are people in the eyes of all the law, they only, have their own according to the courts. They are they have their own rights that need to be protected, and if, and their right to remain silent on a lot of shit is a right of a corporation, which is you know one of the fallacies in our whole fucking court system, because mm-hmm. like a corporation can keep silent how much toxic waste it's fucking jump dumping into a stream for for fucking thirty years. Because it's the right of it as an individual to do whatever the fuck it wants with its own property. You know Worst what I mean? Like, ruling ever. No, but like, I wasn't even naming something specific, but that's an example of something that has been perpetrated by the fact that the Supreme Court backed up that corporations are individual people, like breathing organic people. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's, that's what's really fucked up because, you know, and there's a really great documentary. You could fucking watch it. It's called, uh, I think it's called Walmart. I think that's what it's just called about how fucking horrific the Walmart corporation has been to the planet earth and yeah. how, how many corporate personhood lawsuits it's taken all the way to like higher in court, Supreme court, all these different things to defend its right at personhood and sure. to just be fucking awful. Absolutely, man. <laughs> like, and then the documentary, God, the documentary determines by the end and it, 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 it t- checks off all these things. What, what is a person who is, is a, uh, uh, a well-adjusted human? You know what I mean? In the beginning, <laughs> right. it says who, what, what, what is the categories that define a well-adjusted human? This person like, um, you know, is nice to other people. Da, 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 da. And it goes through all this. It's like an eight uh, part list. And that are the, that's the parts of the documentary. And by the end, they revisit the list and they go, nope, 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 nope. nope. Walmart is a psychopath, like a sociopath, like the American psycho from the fucking novel American Psycho. If you Walmart is a a psychotic person. Yeah, text me this. I need to watch this. Yeah, I think it's called Walmart, but um, I'll 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 double check. It came out probably around 2005, seven-ish, around that Mm -hmm. time period, maybe a little later. Um, but it's a really fucking powerful documentary because you're like, holy shit, man. Um, but yeah, yeah I'll figure Operation that out. Bro. But yeah, that it's a, like- an interesting thing that's uh, happening with Twitch now. They're going to be forced to probably uh, be a little bit, at least at least a little bit more transparent than they'd want to be. So, And we'll obviously find out more in the days to come. Maybe revisit this <laughs> as we learn. Just fucking hit a button and knock us. Sorry, I just fucking... <laughs> oh. He changed the uh, the layout. For he changed the layout for temporarily for uh, fucking a second. But yeah, we'll, we'll revisit this in the weeks as we learn more information and see what's uh see what's what's what comes of this, if anything. Absolutely, this is a conversation we'll probably continue into our post show. 
twitch.tv slash emergent underscore gamer if you want to catch us live may felix burst into laughter about when when uh something changed here you can catch moments like that live that you don't get when you're just listening to us so That's, good excuse to come on by and some, see what's happening somebody just got fired for that mm-hmm. it was me. we're on to our 17th intern unfortunately it, it so was me i got fired <laughs> <laughs> uh los Plantanos, thank you for joining us it's been a pleasure yeah. Thank you guys Did for having you, me. Uh, anything, you anything you want to anyone thing you want to say? Take your time. You know, uh, I, this has actually motivated me. I'm looking forward to actually getting back on Twitch at El Platano Loco on Twitch. We're going to be streaming most likely either Hearthstone or Genshin Impact because those are the two games I'm enjoying a lot right now. But thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a blast. We awesome, talked about a little bit of everything. So thank you guys again. Yeah. We did, and we do. So, yeah. Everyone out there listening, go find uh, El Platano Loco on Twitch. And uh, what's your Twitter again, Los? Uh, Twitter is El Platano Loco 1 on Twitter. Thank you, man. Thanks for being here. Go follow him, follow our man, and uh, check him out when he goes back to streaming. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, I've been Neoyoshi. You can follow me at twitch.tv slash Uh Playing all kinds of games. I'm going to try and play Nier. Maybe, maybe that other game I talked about, Returnal. Maybe more Monster Hunter. That's what I'm all about. Maybe some witness. I don't know. Sounds like a good, good time. Uh, follow me play, at Twitter. And, uh, witness will be amazing. I do want to finish that now real bad. Uh, Twitch, uh, t- uh, Twitter.com slash new underscore Yoshi for following me for all those hot takes. Trip. Uh, what's up, guys? I am Trip Zero. You can find me on Twitch.tv slash Trip Zero TV. And I stream Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays around this show, 7 p.m. to uh, 11 p.m. The schedule might be shifting earlier a little bit. I did change my work schedule to be in and out of work earlier. So I might push a stream forward an hour. Who knows? If you pop in in the middle, you'll still make it, though. So those times are, are still very applicable. Um, we've got a lot coming up on uh, on the next few weeks. We've got Pokemon Snap on Monday. We're playing, obviously, uh, 102 Dalmatians for speed runs to fill in the gaps. Um, I'm considering an all Resident Evil run all the way up into 8, because I know 8 comes out pretty soon. There's there's content plans, and, uh, and we're, we got to see what, uh, what we feel like doing, as well as, of course, uh, new Destiny season in about two weeks with vault of glass coming at an unknown date. So there's a lot of content through the summer. So you'll be very entertained over on my channel. When we're not doing the podcast. So come check it out. Thanks for listening. Felix. This is Felix. Hergood. I'm at Felix. Hergood on Twitter. I'm at Felix. Hergood on Twitch, but I'm not there right now. So leave a message, leave a message, <laughs> leave a message at the fucking beat, baby. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when I'm coming back to streaming. Um, I'm, uh, well, I'm not going to say never because I have all the equipment to fucking do it. Um, but, you know, I got a lot of uh, thinking to do, man. I got to figure out how I want to brand myself when I come back. And that that's that's an involved thing because I had like a thing going and I can't do it anymore. So I uh, I want to figure it out. So. Whatever you decide, Felix, we're here for you. Thanks. We're here for you. Yeah, man. And we're here for you, listeners, because we'll see you next week. I'm not. Gamer. But still listen. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> See ya. All right. And I say to my I say to my dad in kind of passing, you really should check out Game of Thrones and he's like, "Why should I check the show out?" And I said, "Well, it's fantasy, but it's like fantasy as if it's like an alternate history of the world where there were dragons." You know, like mm-hmm. it's told in a very historical way. Yeah, it's like, it's like a, just like political. His, yeah, it's got like a historicity to it. 
um, which Historosity. is historicity. Yeah. Which is really cool. Is that a and, word? It sounds like a word. word. That sounds like a, that you can look it up. I hear it on history podcasts all the time. I so. will look it Hist- up. Not that I don't believe you, but I want to see how it's. Maybe like, I used it wrong. Really defined. Whatever. Uh, anyway, um, so it, the show has that quality to it. Like it could be an alternate history of some other world, and it just that we're just watching a documentary. Uh, well, not a documentary, but like a biopic. Of yeah, like, like yeah, right. Historical figures from another alternate dimension. And I tell them all this. Historicity is the historical uh, actuality of persons and events, meaning the quality of being part of history as opposed to being a historical myth, legend, or fiction. So I was right on. (laughs) You nailed it. Guess I know that word. Uh, It's a great word. (laughs) You know, I wasn't sure I knew that word. (laughs) (laughs) You you full sent it with the absolute utmost confidence, and I respect it. (laughs) 